She was stunned. She felt like she'd been slapped and didn't see it coming, didn't know why it came. Still, she didn't know. But it fell short of real tragedy. They had been comfortable. They knew each other, could finish each other's sentences, liked many of the same things. No stress. Very little, anyway. A little dull, yes, at times. But there was some comfort in that, after all. She was doing it again, withdrawing into the inside of her brain, dismissing what went on outside of it. She looked out into the slice of world in front of her. Her eyes caught something white flutter into a row of pines. She set down her glass, went to her bag again, this time to get her binoculars. She came back out, eyed the white spots on green, lifted her binoculars and scanned until she found them. Two elegant, pure white egrets. She had never seen them in trees, didn't think they did such things. Yet there they were, just the two of them, basking, almost shimmering in the last of the light. She was jealous. When she realized it, she laughed. And I'm here because, she asked herself, smiling. She nodded. To think about what I want. She toasted the air. There was humor in all of this, she was sure. That was the purpose, to reevaluate her life, her profession, to determine what was valuable and to hold on to it, or if she didn't have it, pursue it. Start a new life. Not just because Peter decided to move to Seattle and thought this was as good a time as any to dissolve the relationship. It was work, too. No longer easy to work up the enthusiasm for the cold, corporate approach. The work had become boringly routine, and the routine was only broken by bitter backbiting. The environment had become toxic. She reminded herself she wasn't lost without Peter but she would have to admit that she didn't know how to spend her time without him to fill in most evenings and weekends. She needed to do something. She needed to develop a plan, just as she would do for the clients assigned to her. Only with her own life, she didn't know how to begin. The killer put an ear to her breast. The damp air coated the flesh. Her heart was beating ever so slowly, lightly. The killer's head raised, looked around, eyes combing the foggy early morning landscape for any sign of movement. Nothing. In the eerie silence of the city, the sound of breath escaping, a long, deep sigh, signaled the killer. Ear to breast. It was certain now. It was over. The incredible, beautiful wave of sadness was overwhelming. She woke up early. She didn't want to. She fell asleep just after the last of the Merlot. The fire was out. The room was cool and gray. Her head was thick with last night's alcohol, but it didn't hurt. She went back to sleep. When she awakened again, the light carried a wisp of gold. She slipped out of bed, went to the bathroom, returned to the main room, gathered her binoculars, and went out on the deck.
She realized she had left the doors open, and that on the second floor she had left herself vulnerable to harm. As a professional in matters of security, this was inexcusable, but it made her smile. Forgetting the rule book was something she should consider. The fog appeared to be backing off, letting light shine down on the world closest to her. She'd take a drive this morning, check out the little town of Bodega, see the coast, maybe drive along the Russian River. In the afternoon, if it were warm enough, she'd go to swim, sit in the whirlpool and sauna. She would force her senses to come alive if she had to. Vincenti Gratelli, inspector of the San Francisco Police Department's homicide detail, was on his own. Looking close to 80, the gaunt, pale cop was in his late 60s.